podcast, the only AA meeting with attending. I'm your host, Lake, and with me is my co-host, Tana. Holy crap, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, I mean, between... we went from one break to the next. No, I know. It was a, a lot of, yeah, oh my god. And basically, um, enough changed between now and then that like all of our topic ideas are ruined, basically. <laughs> we just gotta start from scratch. And... Exactly. There's a new president. Alex Trebek is dead. Yeah, yeah. No, that was, that was sad. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, but he he actually lived a long time. Like, you know how deadly pancreatic cancer is? Yeah. Yeah. No. He's going through some tough times. And he still managed to host that show. No, yeah. I'm very impressed. Like, because it's... It, the prognosis on stage for pancreatic cancer is ridiculously... Like, it, it's a... It's, it's basically a miracle he, he lived two years. I was actually watching it the other day, and I noticed that they gave him a chair and a, t- and a table now, as opposed to, like, before when we were watching it, he was just standing through the whole show. Wow. Well, shit. Well, Alex, we're going to miss you as a, as a great Canadian and a great host. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to do after this. They're probably going to hire some person of color. <laughs> well, you can say that. I don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It wouldn't surprise me. The Kamala Harris... Of Jeopardy. Wouldn't surprise, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, we talked about the uh, first podcast, how um, the C- CEO, editor-in-chief, uh, Bon Appetit, got fired. And then now their uh, show has all these um, people of color on. Uh, but wasn't the issue with Bon Appetit that... Um, and unfair like, wages. Yeah, wasn't yeah wasn't the issue like that uh, all, all the white guys got to do whatever they want, but everyone wasn't white is like no 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 you you do the ethnic dishes and and get paid less that or something too. like that yeah. so they they had they had to overcompensate <laughs> yeah they did yeah that was a uh, yeah so that's probably reasonable it feels a little insincere but now that YouTube gets a lot of shit because they have a lot of people of color who are like really excited to be on their YouTube show but everyone's like ripping on them it's like oh you're just hiring them to this yeah. Is the what do you call that? Um, you know, there, there's the glass ceiling, but uh, there's another concept called the the glass cliff, where like you uh, you can, I, I I've never experienced this, obviously, but like it, the idea is that you throw someone a bone on the anticipation they will fail, and then uh, you can say like, oh look, no one watches women led action movies, so like you 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 like you like throw them a bone with like. Uh, like a women-led Ghostbusters, and then it fails, and then you say, "Oh, see, we can't do women-led action movies." Ghostbusters did pretty well, so, so just setting them up f- to fail. Exa- yeah, basically just setting them up to fail. It's like it, 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 yeah, it's like a different form of like the glass ceiling. Like you just instead of like not never letting people into those roles, they put them in a situation where it just messes up. Yeah, like where you're destined to fail, and then they can. Like, Use that as reference. Exactly. So yeah, that that's like that. I, I don't know too much about Bon Appetit, but is, is that what's happening? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, and then a lot of the peop- the individuals who were on the show are on new YouTube channels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which fair enough. Like if they were screwing you that much, I assume you wouldn't want to work with them. You wouldn't want. To. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah. So uh, we were going to talk about um, YouTube kind of being taken over by celebrities. Yeah, so like a lot of 
well, because of COVID and cancel culture, everyone's kind of struggling to find a job or <laughs> finding some. I think, I think it's just uh, Louis C.K. struggling to find <laughs> some a job form of audience. Of culture. <laughs> yeah, and they went to YouTube or the Twitch, whereas like you've got like Zac Efron or Cam Newton now, uh, Brie Larson, all have YouTube channels. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Yeah. Um. Some people have like. Netflix deals and Twitch deals. Um, Logic is now on Twitch. Of course, Logic is now. On he Twitch. signed a deal with them. Zoomers. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it would just suck if it's just consumed by all celebrities on YouTube and Twitch, and no one wants to see the regular guys. Yeah, because YouTube was YouTube was pretty fantastic, just because like in the past you had all these you know random nobodies being able to make a name for themselves and just becoming the dominant force on YouTube. Like, the first YouTube celebrities weren't, like... Known. Yeah, they, it, it wasn't, like, Brad Pitt or... Uh, who, who else was famous in, like, 2004? Um, uh, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Frankie Muniz. Right. Frankie Muniz, yeah. It, it's, it's not like, like, Frankie Muniz and uh, Brad Pitt were, like, the first YouTubers. It was... It was nobodies, and those nobodies got to be really famous, and it just wasn't dominated by celebrities. In the same way, like, Twitter is completely dominated And by that's why you check out YouTube, because of, like, just a regular nobody just yeah. spewing a topic. And it created this whole culture that was kind of separate from regular celebrity culture. Like, it was just, it was this whole new ecosystem of talent. But, you know, if, if celebrities kind of come in and muscle in, it might kind of ruin this kind of wild westness there is in in the YouTube which maybe maybe that's already over it's been over for what 10 years or however long it's been since Google bought it but it, it could like, like that could be done yeah and I think the YouTube algorithm though like favors um, channels with high subscribers so like those yeah. channels will do a lot better than some unknown individuals who don't have an audience that's true so it's by its nature, it's going to be hard for new players some, yeah. to yeah, kind of break their way through. Which I I get it; it makes sense. And you were you were talking about um, this new movie. Uh, what is it? Social, Social dilemma? dilemma. Yeah, yeah. That that were like think people get caught in a feedback loop with the the information with, you're given. Exactly. So what was it you were saying? Um, get you get information based on your location and based on kind of like political views. So like you might search one topic and I'll get something, you get something completely different and you'll just believe that one side and get one side of the story. Hmm. So, and you were, you were saying that like, if we had like comparable interests, if, but if we lived in like different States in the U S we'd get different. Right. Like the movie said, like if me and you both had the same, uh, social group or like amount of friends, and you look on your feed, you'd get something completely different from mine. Yeah. See, so I, I'm not, I'm not totally convinced at Facebook's algorithm's efficacy. Cause on the one hand, Facebook thinks I'm both a devout Jew and a devout Muslim, neither of which is really true. You know, sending me ads for apps that tell me, you know, which way Mecca is or, you know, when, do, when I can stop fasting on Ramadan, that sort of thing. But so that, that they're way off. But on the other hand, they've been spooky accurate. I really hate it. I, I, I love using this example. I, uh, I started dating a Chinese woman and uh, immediately after, like, like the day after 
we, we started kind of dating officially, um, I started getting these ads for this uh, Mandarin immersion private school. And if that wasn't spooky enough, if you go on to the, you know, the Facebook page or the social media of this school, all of the children are half white and half Asian. All of them. So, you know, it, it was just too specific and too personal. They did a good job finding you. Yeah, that, so that's what I mean. Like, they're, sometimes they're, like, scary accurate, and sometimes they're just way off base. So it, that could just be random luck. But I don't think so. No, probably not. But, like, they definitely do get it wrong. Like, the algorithm definitely gets it wrong sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's not... 100% accurate, but, like, the marketplace is pretty cr- crazy with yeah. what they suggest and, like, groups. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I won't be scared until I stop getting Ramadan ads. Also, Facebook has, like, a, a dating feature now where, like, you can search for matches. Didn't Facebook already one of the one of the major Maybe, but, like, apps? I know now, like, you can... It's, it's, like, you can use Facebook as, like... A Tinder or like a Bumble, yeah, type uh, app. Yeah, I from what I didn't try Facebook dating, but I've heard it's surprisingly not actually that good. Like you know, just, if they know everything about you, you think they'd be able to get you. Know who you match with? Yeah, yeah, but but apparently not. Uh, but you know, I've heard that from women, and women never have a good time on dating apps. <laughs> I have no idea how that team works. Yeah, yeah, it's just because it's all just like, hey, hey. Hey, 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 dick pic. Hey, hey. <laughs> is, like, is that is that your um way of doing it? Well, not me. No, no. I I'm fantastic. That's your hundred percent success rate. Yeah, that, my hundred percent success rate is the. You know, I I talk about how my my great grandfather was a cult leader. So that that, that, that leads them in. Yeah, exactly. Well, because uh, you know, everyone loves serial killers and uh, want to date them. Yeah, serial killers or cult leaders. Now. Serial killers, like, can be a little... That can be coming on a little strong. So you have to wait until you can talk about serial killers in your dating life. You can't just, like, come out of the gates. But cults. Cults are a little little less creepy for some reason. They're more welcoming. Exactly. More welcoming. Yeah. Cults are sexy. Like, how true do you think it is social media puts us in a political bubble? How much do you think there is to the idea that political polarization is largely caused by... I mean, there's a huge influence with social media. Everybody uses it or has some kind of profile associated with them. So, I mean, it, it can help kind of tip the scale one way or the other. Yeah. But do you think, like, do you think it's really, like, solidifying people's opinions or would that, would they have already had those opinions anyway? I guess it depends where you get your news from. If That's it's just true. all social media, then yes, it's. The only kind of source where you're getting all your information, which a lot of these younger kids are getting a lot of their news from. No yeah. one watches TV, but then, but then you or reads at, newspapers. Yeah, that's true. But then you you take into account the fact that like you know Trump's base generally at Trump's base anyway isn't usually young people. It's mostly it's mostly older people. And also, they, people who use social media. No, no, and I will acknowledge that. But uh, I think. I don't think I'm incorrect in assuming that, like, old people, or, sorry, older, older people uh, are more likely to get their news from TV. So, you know, the, the stereotype being that you know, the, the Trump supporter is uh, kind of stuck in the Fox News bubble instead of a social media bubble. But this is, this is my point, that, like, may, you could probably put yourself in a bubble 
without the aid of social media. So maybe it's making it worse, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's making it completely worse. Like it's not the cause, the sole cause. It may, no, it may not be the sole cause, but it also depends on where you get all your news from and are they from different sources. Yeah, that's true. It could be like, it could, it could be economic for all I know. Like, you know, tough economic times, uh, throw people into political extremism. Also, that movie uh, mentioned um, in some places in like Malaysia or like uh, some countries, they have Facebook already um, installed onto your phone. So whenever you get a phone, you have Facebook and it's the only free app that you have, whereas you have to pay for like Twitter. Or, oh, weird. And so how much that, Facebook paid for that. So that influences them greatly on what news they get. And then uh, Facebook is their only news source. Okay. Ugh. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, point taken. Because I mean, it, yeah, getting your news from TV is one thing, but if you're if you're if your only news source is racist memes, like the yeah, that could that could lead to problems. I have heard of like you know Facebook receiving criticism for not cracking down on like I don't know like a- anti-Muslim conspiracy theories in India, and in in that sense, kind of contributing to sectarian violence there. Right. I I, I don't know if that's like, certainly they bear some amount of responsibility for that, but I wonder if that's just, like... You know how art is a reflection of of society? Not as much... Maybe not as much uh, causes society to be the way it is. Therefore, you know, it's not necessarily Facebook's fault that sectarian, sectarian tensions in India are exploding. That could just be the way India is headed, and Facebook is just a symptom of that. Right. Yeah. Like, it's... You know, newspapers didn't cause the Nazis kind of thing. But, yeah, who knows? But, um, spe- speaking of art and going back to the topic of, um, kind of YouTube and Twitch streaming, uh, and celebrities taking over because of COVID, another issue, uh, that's been plaguing YouTubers recently, and I know a lot of major YouTubers are kind of trying to push their followers off of YouTube just because of the way demonetization is negatively affecting their income especially for controversial topics, things like, uh, like if you want to talk about the law or politics or anything like that. Politics and religion are usually like, no, no. Exactly. Like you don't want to get demonetized. So uh, uh, a bunch of YouTubers got together and made Nebula to try and move their followers to a different platform. Yep. And then, um, and, and part of that is DMC, DMCA copyright strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, a, that's why a lot of people use Twitch in the beginning because there was no DMCA. Really? It wasn't as um, strict as YouTube was, whereas you can get away with playing uh, certain types of music. Maybe the problem isn't even like the nature of the website. Maybe it's just once they go mainstream, suddenly they have to play by the rules. Well, they realize how much money is involved now. So, like, yeah. it's like, why are we giving this away for free? Why don't we just monetize it? And these are all these million dollar billion dollar record labels yeah but uh, yeah i'm just i'm just thinking like maybe maybe youtube wasn't even better before it was just that no one was paying attention and maybe that's why twitch was better like no one was paying attention yet and now yeah no like, one was paying attention yeah. to regular well now they are yeah so now so the secret is is that there might be something don't get big exactly don't get big so there might actually be something to the whole hipster idea that like oh shit now it's mainstream now it's not cool anymore but then that opens a door to like another platform that allows that to happen. Until they get too big. 
then make another company. Exactly. So, but the, so maybe the hipsters were right the whole time. Be, becoming mainstream is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. But um, the uh, there I was reminded of a quote uh by um Kojima about it. So this is uh with regards to um music and video games. So uh you were saying that uh video game demo videos will mute their audio to avoid DMCA strikes. Yeah, like a game through they'll they'll mute certain aspects of the audio because it they're they've got a they're they're made by like a certain artist that they don't have the copyright for. Yeah. So uh so let's say you're you're playing GTA five and Michael uh, Jackson plays. Exactly, yeah. So uh, uh, lots of old Twitch streamers will get rid of all their videos with audio that contain music. For the fear of being banned. Yeah, because like, the, the way the DMCA copyright strikes work is like um, they, they remove the liability of the websites for copyright content on their websites. So, so they don't as, get sued. Yeah, so they don't get sued, which is a good thing. But then they have to get rid of that content once they are aware of its existence. And enforce on all the other channels that are doing it as well. Yeah. And and they don't and YouTube doesn't really care if you're if you have fair use or not. No, because like they instead of like getting sued millions because of one account, they'll just like, let me just get rid of the account and then we're, we're safe on our end. Yeah, exactly. Well and I'm sure they also don't want to put any labor into like reviewing like having lawyers or law clerks review whether or not it constitutes fair use. Right. It's just easier to get rid of the, the small channel and for them to get sued. Yeah, that's true. It, it, yeah, it's frustrating. And there's no, like, as far as I know, there's not an easy solution to that. And then there's also, like, guys who just, like, their whole job is to create copyright for doing Right. And because of this, um, T-Pain on Twitch, he's on Twitch and he gives away a lot of his, um, Free beats that you can use uh, when you when you're on Twitch. Nice, good for T Pain. Yeah, he's a he's a gamer at heart. Oh, okay, that's good. Oh, oh what's uh, oh? So you know how rappers have uh, they they all kind of have hilarious real names. Like they all sound really really famous. Like like uh, Biggie's real name is like Christopher Wallace. Yep. And uh, uh, Snoop Dogg's real name is Calvin. Um, I think I think T Pain. What's T Pain's real name? I have no idea. It's like, I think it's use of something. I mean, they all have stage names, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah that's true. But like, it's always it's always funny when like, you know, Snoop Dogg's real name is Calvin. It's the that, same thing with funny. actors too. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause, um, Vin Diesel. Yeah, that's definitely not a real name. I don't know what his real name is. Neither do I. Like, not not a fucking clue. But, uh, and a lot I of celebrities changing their last names because of like family resemblance. Yeah, that's what Nick Cage did. And um, um, what's her name? Angelina Jolie. Oh, right, because she's John Voight's daughter. Yep. Yeah, so she didn't want to be like Angelina Voight. Plus, he had a huge following before, so like, he, yeah. she didn't want to like get overshadowed. Yeah. See, so Nick Cage did the same thing. So Nick, uh, Nick Cage's real name is like Nicholas Coppola, as in Francis Ford Coppola, the guy who made Apocalypse Now, because uh, that's his uncle, I believe. And so he he cha- he said he changed his name because. He didn't want people to think he got his job from nepotism, which I mean, he probably did. It didn't. It wouldn't help. It wouldn't hurt. I mean, <laughs> well, to be fair, Sophia, uh, Sophia Coppola, his daughter. Uh, I mean, she banked on the last. Name. 
Yeah, yeah, she banked on the last name. It didn't work out super well for her. It worked mu- out much better for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean, it worked well for her, too. I mean, she's directing movies, so... That's true. That's true. She's not acting, though. You know who's not directing movies? Francis Ford Coppola. He's up there in age. But that, See, that's the thing. I thought he was dead, but he's not. It would, sorry, Francis. I, I, I'm very sorry. Mandela, but, uh, Mandela effect. Yeah, exa- yeah, it's a Mandela effect. No, it's not even that. Like, I assumed he died, like, before I was aware of his existence. Like, I assumed he died in the 90s or something like that. But that's just because he hasn't really made any notable movies, at least since the 90s. Whereas Scorsese's kind of kept up with it, because that cocaine will not pay for itself. Francis is living off those riches. Yeah, maybe. He's enjoying so. that COVID life. <laughs> Yes, Francis, I hope you're enjoying that COVID life. But make a new movie. I also want Mel Brooks to make a new movie. He's like, goddamn Mel, you're you're in your 90s. Make me a new movie before you go. Right, I mean, it's just hard to do it right now in these No, I'm sure. Well, I, I'm sure it's also hard to make your 90s. I'm just saying, Roman Polanski makes makes new movies. And, you know, he's on the run. And, and he's old. <laughs> Not all of them are good, though. No, yeah, that's true. It's, uh... Did you hear about his new his newest movie? No. Okay, so, uh, do you know about the Dreyfus Affair? No, what's that? Okay, so the Dreyfus Affair was, like, this event in, like, turn-of-the-century French history where, um, this French military officer who was Jewish, uh, was scapegoated for, um, uh, an espionage incident in the French army. All right. And, uh, so he was scapegoated and sentenced to life in prison for treason and sent to the prison colony in French Guiana, Devil's Island. And, uh, it, it came out that the French military, like, forged evidence against him. And this was kind of a proxy for a political battle between, like, secular France and old conservative Catholic France, who, like kind of took up the fight against him because he was Jewish. Okay. And uh, it's, it's where, you know, Jacques Hughes comes from. Like yeah. That, that's where that comes from. Um, but so anyway, um, essentially, the long and short of it is Dreyfus is a man falsely accused. And, you know, and then sent into exile. Surprise. And so for Roman Polanski to make that as a movie, it's just kind of like, oh, oh, man, that's... It just just to, like, see yourself as the victim in that is just kind of like, oof. <laughs> like, just that, because he, you know, he's in exile, quote-unquote, in France because of his charges in the... It hit, it hit home. Yeah, exactly. So, like, Too close to home. But it's... But the whole point of the of Dreyfus is he wants to go back to France, and Roman Polanski is stuck in France. Like, uh, it's just, you know what I can't stand about it? He's completely ungrateful. That he, that he basically got away right. with his crimes. Like, you know, if he if he's like, oh, the world's unfair, but in my favor, and, uh, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy that it is, I can kind of understand that. But, like, to be ungrateful that the world is unfair in your favor, fuck you. <laughs> like, no, fuck you. Um, yeah, but, um, it, oh, yeah, so um, those complete tangent but um so music and video games um kojima hideo kojima uh was once asked if video games are art and he says they're not necessarily art they're more like a gallery in the sense that it's multiple art pieces 
in a, one piece in a, in a display. Yeah, right. Because you know you have elements of all other art. You have acting. You have uh, visual arts. You have like sculpting. You have um, uh, storytelling. You have music. Right. So it, it's all it's kind of all arts in once. It's essentially like a big old performance piece. So everything together is, everything is, together. is what you get. Exactly. Yeah. Which I guess that's not too different from a movie, which I, I, a movie is considered has, has like, uh, well, animated movie has elements of drawing, acting, storytelling, everything, yep. Music, but it's kind of unquestionably art. I mean, and the best video games are movie esque, where it's like, it's a whole storyline. It's interactive and like you, you kind of feel for the characters and what's going on. Yeah, that's true. It's some, I, I know some video game players are less into the cinematic elements of games because they would think like, in that case, I might as well watch a movie and are kind of more into more like fantastical, like platformers, kind of like, I, I don't know, like, like Banjo Kazooie or something. Right. Which, cause like that, like Banjo Kazooie is unique to a game. More right? fictional universe. Exactly. Whereas like, 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 like Banjo-Kazooie can only be a game, whereas, like, Death Stranding could just be a movie. Right. I would think. Really messed up movie. Yeah. That would, that would be a crazy fucking movie. That could be a cult help movie. The video game is definitely interesting. Yeah. No, it was, uh... Also hard to explain in one sitting. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. And but, I guess that's what makes video games interesting, is that they last what, 20, 30, 50 hours of storyline, whereas, like, a movie just ends in two hours. Oh, yeah, that's true. So it, it can... It, it takes up more of your life. Right, and there's more more to uncover and kind of unlock. And yeah. it's ongoing as opposed to a start and finish. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in a movie, kind of, like, things about the world are implied, Where whereas in a video game, you kind of, like, see the nitty-gritty. It's not it. static. Yeah, exactly. So, um... But in that sense, uh, uh, relating this back to uh, music and copyright strikes, it's just very weird to me that a record company would license their musical property to this video game, but not accept that in streaming. It'll be played by someone else and listened to. Let's just use Grand Theft Auto Five as that. Like Grand Theft, like Rockstar Games doesn't mind YouTubers making millions of dollars streaming their video game. It, it would seem ridiculous if they did. Like, I know they they probably see that and they're jealous and they're like, I want a piece of that. And they paid a millions of dollars to get those IPs into their game. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I I get... So it's, it's interesting that Rockstar, like, doesn't go to the... doesn't go to Twitch streamers and be like, Oh man, you, you gotta you gotta pay us like five percent of your revenue, otherwise you can't play our game on play our game on on streaming. That's interesting. Like just the fact that they don't do that, and they and in a sense like they they kind of rely on them for advertising, basically. Like maybe they just see it as advertising. It is. I mean, they should promote it because they get free advertising from this streamer playing yeah. their video game. Yeah, exactly. And so. They, they see it as, they see people playing the video games on YouTube or Twitch as fair use in, in copyright. Just allowed to, you know, use a piece of media to create something else. 
uh, and that's just accepted. So it, and it would be unthinkable if they, if they came, if, if like one of the artists from Rockstar said like, you gotta blur out this guy's face cause I drew it. That would be ridiculous. And so, but for record companies to come in and say like, this, this music is not part of the game. It is separate from the game. Therefore, you can play the game, but not have the music as part of the content. Or monetize off of it. Yeah. That, that, it's very strange because, you know, I would think of the, uh, I would think of the video game as like a holistic entity. Like everything that's part of the game is, is the game including the music. Right, and it is and it does some way come full circle because you're streaming a game and then you have more eyes on the game and on the artist, which gives them monetization on their part too. Yeah, and in that sense, I would... Well, so firstly, I don't get that. Like, they don't see it the way that, you know, we gave this video game right to the game, therefore they, they can, can do, do whatever what, they want. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but, like, the second part is that I don't understand is why they don't kind of take it and run and see it as a good thing. They don't see it as free marketing. Like it, because no one's just going to listen to the video game stream to listen to the song. Cause it, you know, it's, gonna it's the whole experience. Yeah. Like if you wanted to listen to, uh, I, I don't know what's a song like hood, go love it by J rock. You wouldn't play GTA five just to listen to it. Cause there's all this other background shit and storyline going on. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you, you know, I just use that as an example because I first heard that song in GTA, GTA. V, and I like the song, and I wouldn't have heard that song without otherwise. the video game. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it seems like they're just needlessly being dicks and throwing away what is probably a good marketing. Artist. And then you might buy that album and then make and the, I did. The record record label money. I did. Yeah, you, you know, like this, like that is a case where like the company directly made money off. The video game. The video game being... In, well, I, I, to be fair, I did not, like, watch it on a Twitch stream. I didn't watch GTA Five on a Twitch stream and then decided... Like, I own the game. Right. It's it's weird. Fair use is such a... Is loose. Such a, yeah, it's very loose. So, like, what, what's your experience with fair use in advertising? It's, it's all up in the air. Like, uh, sometimes it's regulated, sometimes it's not. People kind of take advantage of it. Sometimes it's blown way out of proportion and other times it's used tastefully so it all depends on the context it depends on the audience yeah fair enough there's a oh did you hear about um uh oh, what is it the omegaverse no okay so uh Lindsay ellis does a great video on this i highly recommend it omegaverse is this universe of erotic fan fiction based on wolves all right. So it's a, it's about wolves, like fan fiction about wolves having sex. It's like Twilight. Basically, yes. Um, and there's like a bunch of actual, honest to God, real paper books, like based on this whole thing. But it's like, it's kind of, uh, the interesting thing about it is that it's, it's, it's not invented by anyone in particular. It's like a universe created on fan fiction. So like their own Reddit. Exactly. So no one, no one really owns the Omegaverse. So, uh, what ended up happening is, um, one author, uh, who actually made it and it went off the fan fiction site where they just, you know, type stuff out 
and people consume it for free. Subreddit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, they actually wrote a book, but then they started suing people who wrote the books. books and wrote fan fiction about it afterwards. Because they claimed, like... Heard, their claim was really silly because it, it was essentially they were claiming they were the first one to do heterosexual Omegaverse stuff. They just didn't want anyone to share their, their money and, like, profit off of it? Pretty much. I, I mean, they seemed pretty convinced that they had invented heterosexual right. wolf fan fiction, which is so vague it's silly. Or vague yet specific. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so... It, it, it brought it brought up this really interesting question of like who owns fan fiction? Fan fiction is like you know kind of by its nature derivative of something. Yeah, it's interesting. So so like she essentially made money off the people something who wrote that belonged it. to everyone. Yeah, yeah, and but the, which is fine. But like she then kind of burned tried to burn the bridge behind her. It was, like that's where the problem. Why? Because it was being it was so successful that all these other people were making money off of what she's. No, with. so that that's the thing. She's not even the first person to make like books out of this concept. Like, there's a lot of like trashy erotic fiction novels about it. She, um, so she has no case in the sense that she was the first one to do it because very verifiably wasn't. Right. Um. But. The, Really where I'm going with this is the hilarious part is like now this is actually possibly going to set a huge precedent, like legal precedent in terms of copyright. And it means like U.S. federal judges have to talk about wolf erotic fan fiction. They got to earn that paycheck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, fair use is tricky because like, you know, I'm talking about a thing Lindsay Ellis did and you know, informing the listener on this. And that's, I would hope I'm not infringing upon her video, and I would hope people who are interested would go watch it. Yeah. But, so, like, in this sense, like, my commentary on it is fair use. Like, even though, you know, you get some of the content from what she had in her own video, even though uh, we have, I'm using elements of that content, it constitutes fair use because I'm in commentary. Right. It's like those YouTube videos that uh, do, like, reactions off a of reaction. Oh, God. That's 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 too meta. No, but those those channels do extremely well because they don't actually do any of the heavy lifting. They'll just watch somebody's YouTube video and then they'll comment off that. Or, like, they'll, they'll, they'll watch a music video and they'll be like, oh, this music video is amazing. But, like, they're just commenting off this huge production music video and saying to their audience if they like it or not and then they'll have like a million subscriber reaction youtube video i, I mean guess, that channel i guess that's like kind of the nature of like film movie and book criticism everyone's a critic it would no just just that like it, it's the it's it's an old trick just that you're like the the economy around the artist creates further uh, further economies so you, you know the there's there's the economy for the art itself, and then there's like all these secondary players, the the critics, who kind of make uh, make like the, further content the, about it. The fish eats the smaller fish, and then the bigger fish eats that one. Exactly. So, but but it's good. Like it's good to have critics fight over things. Except John Wick. <laughs> you're you're just a John Wick hater. Yeah. So I 
in what year did John Wick come out? 2013. I'm going to say 2013. I went with my buddy Rob, who was my roommate at the time. We saw that, oh, this Keanu Reeves movie, it has 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. We, we should go see this movie. This sounds great. Did he also not like it? We both... So Hate we, it? We both went to the movie and we were like, this movie fucking sucks. And no one else thought it sucked. And it was very disheartening because it, it felt like we were in a universe where we were the only sane people... You guys, you guys aren't. The first yeah, one was great. Yeah, I mean, well, by definition, if you're the only sane person, then you are no longer sane. Right. <laughs> but no, no, it was not great and fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, That's why they're still making them. Uh, but well, also, they okay, also but, make a lot of trash, so. Yeah, exactly. There's like, How many Transformers movies are there? There's like, there must be at least eight of those. Yeah. Yeah, and none of those are good. Probably still making Star Wars movies. Yeah. Spin-offs. Yeah. Oh, man. I cannot believe... Anytime you feel incompetent, just remember, like, Disney allowed Star Wars to be made by two different people with two different visions, and they allowed each other to shit-can each other's stories. They're also making millions off of it. No, I know, but, like... Millions off of it, too. I know, but, like, they... But they allowed the directors to sabotage each other on a billion-dollar franchise? That's insane. If you're a shareholder, you're just laughing. No, I know, but it's... You don't really give a fuck what they make, as long as they make more. I know. I give a fuck because it... I, you like those IPs, yeah? Yeah, I, I like I love those IPs. I wanted I wanted them to make more Star Wars. I wanted them to make good Star Wars. Mostly, I just wanted them to make good Star Wars. But like the problem is, is like now you have a a, a trilogy that is not like like it's not that the acting is bad or the script's bad. It's just technically bad because it's so fragmented. Yeah, inconsistent. There's actual like errors in the storytelling. That didn't need to be there. It started out fragmented, too, when you, when you start a series from, what, episode four instead of episode one? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Did George Lucas always plan on making the prequels? I think so. Why did he do it that way? I forget. There's there's another series that was like that where they, they did the, the later episodes or series and then they went back. Oh. Like, I'm glad he did it that way. Like, I'm, I'm glad it turned out the way... Well, I'm not glad about the prequels. I mean, it just seemed weird, because it's, like, older technology, and then you got, like, the newer technology, which is in the past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's also weird seeing sci-fis where, like, you know, in, in some ways, their societies are way more advanced than ours, but in other ways, they're more primitive, because, like, they didn't envision the internet or, you know, like, wearable technology crap like that. It's also weird to explain it if you watch it all in sequence. It's like Yoda's a puppet in 4, 5, and 6, but he's 3D. Not if you get the remastered version. Engineered in like the other episodes. Oh, he's also a puppet in 1. Is he? Yeah, I think he's a puppet in 1. Yeah. Oh, there's one thing I found it. So, you know like it's basically a meme that the prequels are bad, right? Most cases. Yeah, and so people really, really hated The Phantom Menace because it's it's not really like the other Star Wars movies. It's not necessarily like an adventure. A lot of it is just kind of bad political intrigue. Yeah, it's it's, it's a little dull. Like there's a there's like 
blockades and senate me. I didn't mind that, only because Darth Maul is my favorite villain. Oh, yeah, and Darth Maul is dope. Darth Maul is awesome. Like, you always need innovative lightsabers. <laughs> yeah. And that's, like, definitely one of the best lightsabers. Yeah, it, it's it's the best lightsaber. Fight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, I like the Mustafar. I think that's the best one. That one's, like, so overcorrect. Anyway, so one thing I didn't know about uh, Attack of the Clones is that Attack of the Clones is a response to uh, to the fans. It's like, okay, you didn't like that one, so we're going to give you a bunch of fan service in this one. And because I was a kid, I kind of didn't see it that way. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a movie of fan service. So It's like when a ref calls a bad play and then... Uh, rewards the other team with a penalty. Basically, yeah. So it's, uh, but you have, think about the things you have in, in Star Wars Episode 2. You, uh, you have Jango Fett, aka, which was basically Boba Fett, finally getting to fight Jedi. Uh, you get to finally see, uh, his ship have a fight. Yeah. And you finally get to see Yoda have a lightsaber. And you get to see the Clone Wars. So like, there's like four big acts of fan service. And that's that's how it ended up. I mean, if you really like Star Wars, just watch the animated stuff. It's way better. Yeah, isn't that the case for? <laughs> Not always. I mean, they're still ongoing, and they're a lot better than the movies. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, play Jedi Fall. This podcast is sponsored by Jedi Fall. Sponsored by EA. EA, yes. hit us up. EA, give us money. No, just send us the free games uh, <laughs> ahead of in advance. I'm kidding. I don't want your games, EA. CD Projekt Red, give money. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Show me the money. Or the free game. Get those, get the word out there and get, get, get some sponsors. Swag. I, I, I'm not even looking forward to sponsorship money. I just want swag. Sponsorship swag. I mean, it's all, it's where the attention is, right? That's Exactly. See, uh, I, I wonder if like I can, cause I, I don't do consoles anymore. I'm, I'm just hoping I can just get P- all my PC swag. PC Master and, Ace. Yeah, exactly. PC. I, I'm not allowed to say that. Yes. Um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I. But my my computer obviously does not have a, a CD-ROM thingy drive. Yeah, so uh, I, I I just kind of so need you have to download every- all your games. Yeah, yeah, I just so I need a, I have a pretty big solid state drive, so it's so, fine. And but, what? So you have to download all your software too. You can't like because you don't have a drive, so you can't install anything. No, that uh, sucks. Wait, by drive do you wait? Are you do you mean drive as in? Like a like a CD ROM reader or drive is it like a disk drive? Like a disk drive. I have a disk drive. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I have a disk drive. I just like I, I there's nowhere to put like CD ROMs. In. Which when was the last time you used right. a CD ROM? What ten years ago? 20, probably like fifteen years ago. Yeah, maybe. technology has boosted its way. Exactly. So basically, physical games are useless to me. So the swag would basically have to come in the form of Steam gift cards. I was actually talking to this. Uh, about like the new consoles, how they offer like a discless and like a digital version only, and the digital versions like a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah, does it make sense to go digital? What if like the the system dies? Like, do you keep all your games to get saved somewhere? That's kind of one of the things that you would get if you actually bought the uh, CDs. Yeah, so it, there, there's kind of two sides to that. So I recently sold my Xbox One console uh, secondhand. So, Time, times are tough. Yeah, exactly. Well, really, I just need to pay for PC parts. But um, so there, there's kind of two sides to it. On the one hand, if you 
only have the physical disc. If you lose the disc, it's gone. You'd have to get it again. Uh, True, but why would you lose it? Where are you taking this disc to? It happens. Like, you know, maybe you sat on it. Maybe you, you just, like, put something under your bed or something like that. Whereas, but if it's, like... If you if it's if you have an account, you could theoretically just have it there forever. Right. Whereas, it, but the thing is, is it so basically? It's like like think about Steam you, or like cloud you, storage. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't like as long as your Steam account exists, you'll never lose your games. Uh, the issue is that um, it it completely gets rid of the secondary market for games. Right. So when I sold uh, when I sold my uh, Xbox and sold all my games. I I got a return on the games I bought because I would sell them secondhand. And you can't sell them off digitally. Exactly. Yeah. It's just you're stuck with it forever, basically. And another drawback is if you had a game that was multiplayer or you can play with a friend, you can't actually play or give them that game, whereas you could if you actually bought the game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't really move the game between consoles. And you can't go to your buddy's place and play it. Yeah, because you. were you remember, like, you, you know, you you bring your copy of Smash Bros. to your buddy's house and you play it there. Bring over GoldenEye to your buddy's place. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's, in that sense, they kind of got rid of the social aspect of video games and moved it entirely on. Right. Which is... Also, that's probably more taxing, too, on the hard drives because you have to download everything as opposed to the disc will have all the uh, software on it to it and then you just have to download kind of Update. That's yeah, that's true. Though um, I think with the Xbox One, you actually you still had to download. Off you the have disc to download it off the, to yeah, play onto the console. So that that was annoying, but yeah, you don't have to do that on PlayStation. Yeah, okay. I I think I could be wrong. Like maybe I just did it that way because it works better, but because it doesn't have to read off the disc, it just exactly. reads off the. Disc. They just use the disc to basically verify that you own it. But yeah, it, it, so the um, the problem with. Um, yeah, so that that's not too much of an issue because storage is cheap enough anyway. But uh, yeah, it, it changed the social aspect of video games in favor of convenience. Uh, uh, not convenience. It, I think it's because if you bring over gold, if you bring over Goldeneye to your buddy's house, then he doesn't also buy it necessarily. Like. You, you you just borrows your copy when you guys want to play. But also, like, if two people are playing on the... It's more that they don't want two people playing on the same console. They want people... To buy their own. Yeah, they want everyone to have one console and then you just play online. Because, you know, instead of, like, there being one N64 between two people or four friends, uh, each have a PlayStation 5. So you can, so you can play, uh, I don't know, Fortnite or... What was Whatever. That? What's the Call, Call of Duty? What's the Call of Duty? What's the Cold War? Cold War? Yeah. What's the one that that's like their uh, Warzone? Warzone. There we go. Yeah, they're um, battle royale. Their battle royale. The the clone of uh, Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. So they it, it's more. I think they found that was more effective at selling consoles, and therefore, yeah, that's that's where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Disney's experiment with um, limited use DVDs? Limited use, like so time uh, refrained. Yeah, so that basically the way it would work is because they figured like, oh, these these kids watch fucking Finding Nemo a million times on VHS or DVD, and they only pay like sixteen dollars for the DVD once. 
But what if we like made DVDs so that they only got five five watches or something, and they have to buy a new one? Has, did anyone actually buy into that? I, no, it, that never took off. Just I think part of it was because like digital downloads were coming out at the same time. Right. It kind of gets in this whole thing about like planned obsolescence because like there's no real way to incentivize against planned obsolescence because like it actually goes away. Yeah, like, it actually just hurts your profitability to not have plans. Right. So, I don't, that's not something I know how to fix, but it's an, an issue. Look at um, Quibi. Quibi's gone. Oh, yeah, Quibi's gone. Quibi was always going to be gone. Though. Yeah, but, I mean, th- not in their eyes. Well, yes, but... It, it they was, didn't think they were they were going to disappear. True, but no one... No one thinks... No one, no one thinks it's... Uh, no one ever thinks their business ventures are bad, but... There was just, there was really no way for them to make money off it. Right. I talked to my girlfriend who works in TV and she was basically just saying it seemed like something that like, you know, one of the older members of Disney's board was like, oh, make vines, make us vines. And uh, let's get some of that vine money. And it just never really materialized. Well, vines didn't make any money. Their content creators did. That's fair. But... I don't, I, I don't know our business model, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But didn't what did Vine become? I think Vine's just gone. Vine's is just gone. Because I know Musically became TikTok. Oh, okay. And TikTok's booming yeah, TikTok. because, but they also have a different business model with well, the record labels. Well, and TikTok has Chinese government money, so and yeah. they're associated <laughs> with record labels. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that so? That's how they make money. Well, that's why they are able to. Play those copyrighted music and all those oh, tunes for free. Okay. Oh yeah. Actually, yeah. No, I never. The record never, labels will pay TikTok to use their music because oh, I never. Yeah, I never put together like why Twitch, like why Twitch was getting picked on, but for some TikTok reason, TikTok can freely use popular tunes and music, and why they got away with it because the record labels pay them to play the music and make them. More popular. That's actually a pretty good business. I mean, that and having Chinese government. They just see who. I just want to see who Bite Dance is owned by. And then also, um, the whole with, uh, social dilemma is with TikTok. Uh, we were saying that Netflix used to have that like uh, option to go to the next episode, but now it's just a countdown. Whereas TikTok, as soon as you open TikTok, it forces you to see a video. You don't even get to choose. It's just automatic. So okay. that's. Making your attention glued onto the, the platform. That's fair. That's a oh, ByteDance is a privately held company. Ooh. And then they go back with Quibi. Quibi actually got into esports. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that angle I didn't. Know. One of the, I think the the VP or one of the main uh, executives got into uh, bought this company called Immortals or collabed with them, and they pitched in for like twenty five mil. So okay. they, they got into esports now. Nice. And esports, as we all know, is bigger than everything. It will be. It's bigger than real sports. Or, sorry, I shouldn't say real sports. Bigger than physical, physical sports. sports. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't say real sports. <laughs> as opposed to the fake sports. Okay. Yeah, fake fucking Video fake games. Video games. <laughs> ah, the fake sports. But you're, what are you saying? Is it esports that's bigger than music, or is it just video games? 
It's not esports. It's video games. Right. Okay. That that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So video games, it's like what one point five billion, and like esports, it's maybe like one percent of that. Right. Or okay, less yeah. than one percent. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's video games is like the publishing, the manufacturing, all the IPs and copyrights. Whereas yeah. esports is just like the small competitive aspect of. Right. Okay. The video that games. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that makes sense. But I I, I can totally believe that the. Uh, yeah, the last time I was out of the country before COVID hit, I, my buddy and I, we drove to Detroit at White Castle. You got pulled over. No, we didn't get pulled over. So, uh, we had the, cause he lived in the U.S. for a couple of years cause he was going to school there. Yep. And, uh, he was like, man, I miss White Castle. And one day I said, like, let's drive to Buffalo and get White Castle. Didn't you say it wasn't great? It, it wasn't worth traveling to? No, no, I, I've had, I've had White Castle before. It's, you know, it's tasty, but it's, I felt very sick. Of Not it. worth four hours of driving. It, yeah. Well. And back. No, no, no. The trip was definitely worth it. It was just like, <laughs> I did poison myself. <laughs> so yeah, we, I thought like, oh, we'll drive to Buffalo. We'll cross the border and go to White Castle there. And it'll take like two hours to get there. And you know, it's a long time, but like I've done spontaneous drives to Niagara Falls and like, that's fine. So uh, we were going to do that. Turns out there's no White Castle in Buffalo. So we decided, okay, we're going to drive to Detroit, which is the just nearest for White, White Castle, Castle. Just to get Should have got, Castle. like, Cal Penn and what's that other guy's name? Uh, to John, join you. Choi or Cho? John Cho, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John Cho. I, yeah, I should have. Yeah. See, so I'm John I'm John Cho. And your buddy's Cal Penn? Because I'm the accountant and he's Cal Penn because uh, he's a... Uh, <laughs> He's a grad student. Right. He's yeah. slightly darker than you. No, he's actually whiter than <laughs> me. No. He, he's, he's actually whiter than me. He's, a, he's an honest-to-God wasp, and uh, I'm I'm not quite. A little bit. Not, not as waspy. Not as waspy. Yeah. So that, we were like uh, we were like if like they made Harold and Kumar like white. 10 years earlier. <laughs> the white version of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whitewashed version of it. But, it, it, um, it was pretty whitewashed anyways. The movie. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I guess because they're like the only Asian characters. <laughs> Who acted white and not Asian at all. You found? Never. They didn't act according to like any of their kind of typical stereotypes. Yeah, they just smoked weed. Which, but that's the thing. Everyone smoked. It's universal. <laughs> Everyone smoked. Did they make a sequel to that? They did. Uh, when they escaped from Guantanamo Bay. I don't remember. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, it, it got a little more ridiculous, but... They probably tried to make it. it like a franchise, like uh, American Pie. It worked a bit. Like, they got two movies out of that, but that was about it. But, uh, what was I thinking? Um, oh, yeah, so, but, like, because of the movie, when we got to the border, um, we tried not to say we drove there for White Castle, but they, you know, dragged it out of us. You guys got stopped at... Yeah, they were like... Step out of the, the border. Yeah, so we got stopped at the U.S. border because we said we were, we drove to Detroit for White Castle, which was true. Which was true, and so they searched our car and they made us leave our phones behind. Yeah, they all they they, they do that. What are they checking? Are they checking like if there's drugs behind the phone? Or to just you're not contacting like your dealer or someone to be like, yeah, we're we got stopped up at the border. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Okay, so they're just making sure you're not relaying that message that like right you guys got booked. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, so 
we were sitting at the border crossing for like 20 minutes, like while they searched our car. And then they realized like, oh, these guys actually did just drive here to go to <laughs> like dumbasses are real. Yeah, yeah. So like they, they thought it like, so then we got in the car and they were like, all right, you're free to go. Enjoy the white cast. They thought it was very, they thought it was very funny. And, uh, but so, um, the reason I mentioned that is, um, in Detroit that weekend, there was, uh, there was a smash competition. Smash Bros? Yeah. Like, oh. a, like a Smash Bros competition and like a big one. And, uh, like the, the white castle we went to had people who were there for that. Wow. Like, and they were the only people in the restaurant. And my buddy and I, we ate white castle in a parking lot and talked to some people out there for Smash Bros. L- living the dream. Living the fucking dream. That was, so yeah, that's, that's my, that was my last adventure before COVID. Nice. Yeah. Got White Castle and played Smash. Exactly. Well, we didn't play Smash. We, we got smashed. Yeah, we got White Castle. Yeah. What was your last trip before COVID? I also went to Detroit. Wait, really? In February before. I went in February. Yeah. What? <laughs> but I also was visiting family in Windsor, so we just went uh, to Detroit to check it out. And yeah, why did we have the urge to go to Detroit in February? Well, I went to... Well, I, Went to Windsor, and then I was like, oh, we just go across because it's just right here. And yeah. it was a dead, dead ghost town in Detroit at the time in February before the lockdown in March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was a ghost town. I think Detroit's just like that normally. It wasn't the lockdown. No one was walking on the streets, and there was barely any traffic. I mean, but that, I think that's Detroit normally. I, I don't know. Like, Detroit's like half abandoned. We were downtown as well. Like no one was walking. No, but no one goes. I think that's the thing. No one goes downtown. Maybe downtown's I, I, I'm dangerous. Not, not from Detroit, but or not downtown's dangerous. But like, like Detroit, like Detroit itself is dangerous. And then like everyone just lives in like the suburbs. Like um, I don't know any Detroit suburbs. <laughs> yeah, right. Dearborn. I, mean, I don't know, but yeah, that was my last trip before this lockdown. Yeah, Detroit. Detroit is nice, though. I I wish I. In, in small doses. Yeah, in small it, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there more than a week. I mean, you have to have a plan of what you want to do. It's not just like, we're just going here for fun and we don't know what we're doing. That's what we did. There's no, <laughs> there's, I don't know. There, there wasn't really any sites or things. There's just, cool architecture. There's a lot of and uh, artwork there that we saw. But yeah. aside from that, like... There's the Bell Island Aquarium. Right. Yeah. You see the Bell Island Aquarium? I did not. Oh, yeah. So we went to the aquarium, which is, I think, the oldest aquarium in America, which I thought, like, oh, that sounds interesting. But, like, no, old-timey aquariums kind of suck. Cause I, I was I was hoping, like, we'd get, like, some, like, real old-timey aquarium stuff. Like, like they just, like, strap a tutu on a chimp and throw him in the tank and say, behold, the majestic mermaid. Right. But they're, like, like... Like, here's a sea serpent, but it's just a garter snake kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of stores that were, like, closed because they didn't know what was COVID or okay. what to do. Because this was February, right before the lockdown. How so, far into February? Because I think that's... Maybe mid-February. Okay, because that was kind of early February. There wasn't really... They weren't really doing lockdown. Yeah, there wasn't any lockdown, but they didn't know how serious COVID was, so... Yeah. But, like, no one would go into stores. It was just dead everywhere yeah i think there was like hand sanitizer at the shake shack that's about it uh the place we went to they were just uh like paper menus weird yeah yeah, no so we we didn't have that yet so i I think i think i might have gone like a week or two before you like before anything yeah and usually like my brother used to go to detroit like every now and then and 
they would have like a public food market that you can go visit in the morning and they had they didn't really have that when we went so like everyone was kind of like scared or like not knowing nice. what this pandemic was going to be oh, all right cool thanks everyone for tuning in you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms uh spotify itunes everything youtube youtube uh, and don't forget to follow us on social media uh, at uh, podcast underscore above on Twitter and the above average podcast everywhere else. Thank you very much for listening. See you guys. See you.